0: Good morning, everybody. Welcome, Mosaic. So good to see you. Let's start our service. Let's all stand together, and we'll open with a song of worship.
1: and top your goodness knows no bounds. your goodness never stops your mercy follows
0: Feel free to take a seat.
2: Good morning, everyone. That was terrible. Good morning, everyone. Much better. Welcome to uh, Mosaic Community Church. My name is Jamie. I'm the uh, youth specialist here, I work with the kids, grades four and up. I'm just going to take us a uh, few minutes just to get us settled and uh, fresh coffee, water and restrooms are outside in the lobby if you're with us for the first time and because of today's special service we have a limited childcare. uh, Upstairs Uh, we have childcare for ages 5 and under so if your kid is 5 and under feel free to take them upstairs Sign them in at the table outside, and then take them upstairs. We've got movies, we've got games, playing upstairs to keep them entertained for the rest of the service. Um, we also have donuts outside. As Brad, yep, Brad, Brad's happy. We got donuts outside to so go with your coffee. So please, please go and enjoy those at the break. Um, if you have any questions about today's service or the church, if you're new, uh, stop by the welcome table. Um, where somebody from the Connect team will be happy to answer your questions. Um, We're going to take a couple of minutes break, so just turn to your neighbour. There's a lot of new faces, old faces that we haven't seen for a while. So if you want to take this time just to connect, that would be awesome. So I'll see you in a few. Okay, everyone, if you can start making your way to the seats, we're going to start the service very, very shortly. Thank you. So, good morning. Yeah, like I said, my name's Jamie. Uh, I'm our Mosaic Community Church's Youth Specialist, and I have the very special honor of steering the good ship Mosaic this morning. Uh, Welcome to this morning, uh, to to a very, very special service. For those of you who are here for the first time, your timing is perfect. Our pastors who planted this church back in 2004, Becca and Brad Zinn, have decided after 15 years of service to step down from leading the church and begin an exciting new chapter in their lives. Don't worry, they're not leaving Philadelphia, they're still going to be around, but they've decided to step down from leading the church. And so here we are, Brad and Becca's final service. Spoiler alert, it could get emotional, but that's okay, I managed to wangle us Sponsorship from Kleenex. <laughs> Brad and Becker have served this church above and beyond, have had an immeasurable impact on every person that has walked through these doors. Started already Was that Kleenex. Um, <coughs> when we started putting together this weekend, we went through our system and found that over 400 people had come through Brad and Becker's church Brad and Becker's goal here was to make Philadelphia a better place. Not only have they done that, they have made ours a better place too. They have been powerful servants to God, led this church through good times, and they have been steadfast through the challenging and heartbreaking times, constantly putting, them, putting others before themselves. And I think the majority of us can say here, can say that through them, and us believing in that, uh, us, sorry, them believing in us, have really released us to be the people and the community that God created us to be. And so without further ado, I would like to invite Becca Zinn to say a few words.
3: Can you guys all hear me? Yeah? Good. All right. Awesome. Um, so I bet a lot of you don't know this. Well, some of you, I think, were probably here for this. I think I go down on record as having the longest sermon in the church. I think it like clocked in somewhere at like 55 minutes. Yeah. So that's what I'm planning to do again today. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Um, my, my words will be fewer than that. Um, my thoughts today come from the book of Micah. Uh, Micah was one of the 12 minor prophets who contributed to the literature of the Old Testament. Uh, Micah was a prophet that was active in about the 7th century BCE in Israel. If you read the book of Micah, it's a short book, just a few chapters. Um, There are two themes that consistently run through the book. The first is that Micah points out the sins of the people in the culture and in the nation um, and reflects on those quite a bit throughout the book. The second thing he does is that he reminds everyone of God's forgiveness. So I'm going to take a step back and think about that word sin, at least as we think about it in the context of how I'm going to talk today. I'm going to borrow. A definition from a friend of mine that I really liked and he equates sin with damage. It's damage that we do to ourselves, it's damage that we do to other people either intentionally or uh, unintentionally. If we kind of think of sin as the damage that we do in this world, it kind of helps us kind of think about this sort of heady meaty concept, one that doesn't really resonate with our culture in a bit of a different way. Think about it how it might be applicable to us. So if we think about it as intentional, unintentional damage that we've done to hurt ourselves or to hurt others. So Mike is talking about the ways that Israel has done damage to themselves, done damage to others. And through the book, he points out a lot of ways that this is happening. Um, He points out leadership failures. He points out hypocrisy. He points out corrupt business practices that take advantage of other people. Um, And so this is the context in which I'm going to pick up a verse, Um, Micah 6.8, which is a pretty popular verse, probably the most popular verse from this book. Um, Many of you may have heard it before. And right before this verse, the prophet Micah is pointing out that people are offering these extravagant apologies, um, but without really changing their behaviors. So they're saying these like big grandiose stories, they're making lots of sacrifices, but in the end, the way that they're Treating people, the damage that they're doing isn't changing. And in this verse, he's giving them an alternative to say, I don't want this extravagant sorry that comes off as hypocritical. This is what I want. And he says, This, he has shown you, O mortal, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy. I'm going to cry. you about a whole thing of Kleenex. <laughs> Thanks, Mom. <laughs> um, to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. <clears throat> so when we set out to start this congregation 15-plus years ago as people in our mid-20s, um, I had always hoped that this verse would become a foundation for what our church came to be. Um, and I see it lived out, deeply present in this church as an organization and within the people who are here, that we would do justice, that we would love mercy and walk humbly with our God. So, And so much as this, to me, is a reflection of who we are. Um, my sermon today is really about, I guess, admiring that, Thinking about ways we can continue that um, as we go off into the future. So do justice. Justice means treating others with respect. Um, It's about approaching others with an equal-mindedness. And if we think about justice, I think there's lots of ways it has some serious legal implications. Making sure that people are um, held accountable for the crimes that they've committed or the wrongs that they've done. And that's certainly a big part of what justice is about, but I want to think about it from a different angle today. There's an element of this word that implies that all humans deserve (coughs) equal access to fundamental resources, equal treatment, equal rights, that we are all equal, and that justice is about seeing that everyone is treated in that equal way. That what I would want for myself, for my family, for my kids is also what others have a God-given fundamental right to access. And so we can kind of think about that in these big items, like safe communities, medical access, good education, housing, food security, meaningful work and employment that we feel good about at the end of the day. But there's also smaller ways that we can see and do justice in our world, a smile, friendship to somebody, understanding, giving someone a hug when they're feeling down, a hot meal, um, a conversation with somebody when they're lonely. Doing justice, then, means the work of making that so. So if we think about having ensuring that people have these equal rights, equal access, equal treatment, doing justice, as in this first, means that we are working to make that happen. Um, earlier this week, I got a phone call from a friend of mine who uh, lives overseas, and she and her husband were here when we first got started um, way, way back. Um, and they live far away and so couldn't be here, but she called to check in and see how we were doing. And um, she was telling me about what uh, her husband was doing. And he is right now on the border of Bangladesh and in India working with the Rohingya re- refugees who've kind of fled Myanmar after these um, genocidal massacres. And he's working with this group of people where their homes have been bulldozed by the government. It's monsoon season. They have no shelter. Um, We're living in some of the most desperate places, and this friend of ours has been in some pretty rough places around the globe, and she said, uh, you know, he told me that he thinks that this is the one of the most despairing places that he's ever seen, and he's, I thought about them and thought, gosh, he's really doing the work of justice. He's building homes. He's giving out food. He's giving access where he can to kids who need things in some of our world's most despairing spots. Some of us in this room have been and will be called to do that kind of work, to go care for the world's poorest of poor people, those who experience absolutely no justice, where it looks like there is just a complete absence and void of justice for people. Some of us will do that. Some of us won't. Some of us will be called to justice in our own communities in different ways, and it doesn't mean that doing that work is any less important, any less meaningful, any less um, uh, valuable than someone who's going to do kind of something like that that seems like this big, grand kind of career to get yourself invested in. So many of us here have chosen to do justice in our careers, social workers, teachers, public service, um, healthcare, care, law, Many of us give time and money and resources to do the work of justice and move our world towards extending equitable treatment to everyone. Many of us integrate doing justice in our daily lives, like smiling at strangers or offering grocery money to someone in need, talking to someone at school who isn't included by others, standing up to bullies to defend people who for whatever reason can't defend themselves, for speaking up about what's right even when it's not easy. As a congregation, I've seen our church do justice through events that care for community to welcome people through our doors and provide practical help. And through the years, there have been a lot of these things, I think, that I've seen our group, our congregation done, and many of them, most of them, have been conceptualized and planned and implemented by all of you. Things that you've thought of, ways that you want to reach out and care, and supported by the people in this congregation, and that makes my heart warm. Um... And my prayer is that these things continue. That as Brad and I step away from this leadership role, that this remains a place where people do justice. <coughs> the second thing that Micah says is to love mercy. <clears throat> mercy just means showing compassion and forgiveness to someone, even when it's within your power to punish them. If you think sometimes justice without mercy starts to feel imbalanced, and I think that's why they're together here. We are all imperfect. We have all done damage to others. Others have done damage to us. It's part of the human experience. And sometimes it's really easy to carry these moments like rocks that weigh down a bag that kind of we plod along with in life. I don't know about you, but for me, at any moment, a thought of regret might float through my mind, something that I did or said months ago, years ago, a situation I didn't handle right, and it kind of floats in from my past to impact my present. I feel bad, I feel regretful, I feel like, gosh, I really made this terrible mistake, and the damage that I've done to other people sort of floats back and weighs me down in the moment. Or sometimes in present interactions, My heart holds on to ways that I've been hurt in the past. And I allow that damage done to impact the interactions that I'm having today. But the story of Jesus, the story of mercy, is one that works to heal that damage. Um, The damage I've done, the damage done to me. And it's a story of justice. as Jesus accepted the punishment for all, but it's also a story of mercy and of compassion and forgiveness. Personal forgiveness, corporate forgiveness. And so to me, a big part of this Christian experience is walking with Jesus to find that peace, this ongoing felt experience of forgiveness and mercy that is very rarely instantaneous, but hard work, and the result of a relationship, an ongoing one that has its ups and downs um, with Jesus. It's part of this lifetime relationship with Jesus. And when I look at this church, I see people who love each other, who extend mercy to one another. And at times I've seen it when people have it within their power to punish, to speak ill of someone, to tell other way, others ways we felt wronged, to end a friendship, to hold on to judgment. But time and time again, this congregation chooses not to do that. We choose instead to show each other mercy, and we choose instead to show each other compassion. This is what makes our space safe. It makes, us a, it makes a place where our, our church's children can grow, where they have amazing friends who love them and support them, particularly through times when people in other contexts don't. It makes a space where people can come and not worry that one mistake could cost a friendship, where we can disagree with others, but in the end not risk losing our friends. Mercy is what makes a space where we can wrestle through difficult conflict together to do the hard work of understanding this damage we've done and the hard work of understanding and forgiving the damage done to us and working together to heal and not feel lost and fractured in the midst of it. My prayer is that Mosaic remains a place that reflects Jesus, who over and over forgives the damage that we do And that our congregation, this church, is continually a place that all people feel welcome and known and loved. That people would know that Mosaic is a place where people love mercy. So the last part of this verse is walk humbly. To me, there are two sides of humility. There's one, like being comfortable in who we are. And the other part, which is probably what we think of a lot when we think of humility, it's not thinking that we're any better than anyone else. So the first part, let's all just agree to be us. Let's just be us, that's hard. Being comfortable in our own skin, being able to accept who God made us, even if it's different from or doesn't meet expectations of other people. You know, to varying degrees, I think we all construct our identities with what's reflected back to us from other people from our families, from our friends, from our communities. What's reflected back to us is from the places that we live, where we grew up, where we work, go to church, go to school. They all kind of play this role in telling us who we are. We're made to be in community. And so when this is at its best, it can be very powerful. The sense of understanding ourselves is powerful because sometimes people see in us things that we don't often see in ourselves. The problem is, Sometimes we're not always at our best. Um, and these well-intentioned structures in our lives, try as they might, don't have the mind of God. And then the us that God made us gets lost in who we should be or what others expect us to be. So to me, the balance of like this first part of humility is really finding who that us is that God made, that we can love ourselves as we are and be okay to express that and share that and be that person and not hide it. When I look at this church, I see people who do that, who are themselves, not afraid to be themselves. We think differently. We uh, like different things, sometimes on like superficial things like maybe what music do you like and really deep, things like political issues or how we might read the Bible, all of these things from really kind of beliefs that we hold dear to kind of, you know, things that comprise the basis of our personality. We all come from different places. And I love that people here can have the freedom to express that and to be themselves without fearing that somehow they're not going to live up to what a community expects them to be. I would pray that our community just continues to be Um, a place that reflects back to others who you are is okay with me. So the second side of humility, which is maybe the way that we usually think about it, is not thinking that we are any better than anyone else. About a week, maybe two weeks ago, um, I was scrolling through Facebook and looking at posts, and I saw a post from um, a Christian leader Um, and it was a long post, and it started with a little bit of finger pointing to me. It was like, all of these people, describes a set of people, are causing younger people to abandon the church. And Then it went on with a little bit of a different tone, like, but I am trying to do something different, and I'm not gonna comment much more on that, except then there's all these people that are piling on top of this comment, and kind of commiserating, right? So I'm reading this and I just got like super angry, like really angry, like really, really angry. <laughs> I called my mom and probably ranted for like 90 minutes about how angry I was about this. <clears throat> because I'd been hurt and judged and rejected because I didn't believe what I should or didn't act how I should for many of the people piling onto this discussion. And I started thinking, who do they think they are? Don't they understand what they're doing? They're no better than these people that are in the beginning of this post. I would not do what they have done. And slowly I kind of started feeling better than above in some ways and caught myself or maybe God caught me and I remembered ways that I've hurt others through my ministry career. Many ways that I've done damage to others, and God said, Becky, you aren't better. I think it can be hard sometimes when you feel passionate about something and you feel and you're pursuing something so wholeheartedly. It is work not to say, I am somehow better. That's hard from people who aren't doing this work, from people who aren't loving like I love or whatever. It's hard work. To hold fast to what you believe and fight for it with all of your heart, but not at the same time take and look and say, those that aren't doing this aren't as good as me or somehow I'm better than them, that's hard. And I don't have a formula for doing that except to know that whoever, however that looks for you, it's important work to do in your own heart. So if you're here now and I've hurt you over the past 15 years, and I'm sure that I have, I am sorry. And you don't owe it to me. Um, You may have within your power to, to punish me, but I ask that you would forgive me. I think that Humility is included here because it's sort of the glue that keeps together the other two. If we can truly accept ourselves without thinking that we're better than others, we have the foundation to do the hard work of justice and mercy. But if we lose ourselves, if we lose, or if we start... Thinking better of ourselves, those two kind of start to fragment, and fall apart. We can't be sincere. We lose the sincerity of doing that work. So I pray that our congregation continues to walk humbly, both in who we, how we see ourselves, being free to be ourselves, and also to walk humbly, um, to look at others, to love others, to not think that we're better. So from here today, my prayer for Mosaic is that we continue fighting hard to do justice and champion the equitable rights of others, that we love mercy to forgive each other even when maybe we're entitled to feel like we could punish, and that we walk humbly to love our awesome selves and think no better of who we are than anyone else. So as I conclude, I just want to say thank you to everyone here to those that couldn't join us who've been part of this congregation over the past 15 years. This is the type of community that we had prayed and hoped to start, and it is so encouraging and such a blessing to see these things being lived out and how people have experienced us, how we love our community around us, the type of place that we want to (coughs) be. So thank you, because This place isn't really about me or Brad, it's about everybody here. The contributions that you've made, the sacrifices you've made, the resources that you've given. So we are deeply and humbly grateful for you. So, as the last thing here, I'm just going to reread the verse that we looked at today Micah 6 8. He has shown you, O mortal, what is good. What does the Lord require of you to act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God?
2: Thank you, Becca. Hold on to your britches, guys. We've got one more talk. It's my pleasure to introduce Mr. Brad Zinn.
0: So as my, is my tradition, I think I'll start with a video clip of kittens. Uh, cuddling and licking each other, um, and then a top 10 list of superheroes or something like that. <laughs> you know, um, actually, I won't do that. I, uh, it's a daunting thing to sort of give like a last sermon, not that I'll never preach a sermon ever again in my life or anything like that. So I did a little reading this week of what kind of stuff should you say in a last sermon? If you're ever a pastor and you're about to give that sort of farewell, treatise or whatever, I don't know if that's a real word, don't read online about it. In fact, if you're about to do anything in life, <laughs> don't read online about it first, because every article is like, this is the most important sermon you will ever give in your entire life. You could speak to the United Nations. It would be less important than, you could be running for president And anyway, it's a lot of pressure. Don't read on the internet about anything except for kittens. That's (laughs) point number one. Can you put that up, please? Uh, So there's a lot of hype, and there's a lot of pressure about last sermons. And the only problem is that the verse that I'm preaching from today uh, says something completely different. Anyway, Beck already covered the powerful, awesome sermon, so I don't have to worry about that anyway. That's That's point number two, marry up. Mary up, I did it, and I've been coattailing ever since. (laughs) Philippians chapter 1, the first 10 verses says, I thank God upon every remembrance of you whenever I pray for you all. My prayers are always joyful because of the part you have taken in the work of the gospel from the first day until now. Of this, I am confident that he who started a good work in you will bring it to completion by the day of Christ Jesus. It is only natural that I should feel like this about you all because I have great affection for you, knowing that both while I was in prison and as I'm called upon to defend the truth of our faith, you all have shared in this ministry with me. And this is my prayer that your love may grow even richer in knowledge and insight of every kind, enabling you to learn by experience what things really matter. So our verse today, I think, Uh, communicates that there are really just like three very simple things that's important uh, that I and that we leave you with. Now I've never suffered the ways that Paul has so I can't claim to relate to that but basically everything else in this passage I I feel like I totally get on some empathetic deep level and so there's really three things that I really resonate with and I think you need to know. Verse is that is, you are loved by me, and you are loved by Becca. Paul wrote, It's only natural that I should feel like this about you all because I have great affection for you. Or another translation says, It's right for me to feel this way about all of you, since I have you in my heart. You know, uh, since we've had two little kids, we've started a tradition. Well, we do this quite often anyway, where we think. God for providing meals for us before we eat. And uh, one of my children surprised me uh, very early on when we started asking our kids if they wanted to pray. And my little buddy over there, Declan, would pray this. He would pray, love, 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 Jesus. Love, 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 mommy. Love, 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 daddy. Love, love, Gabby. And a lot of love. And I have to say, uh, Declan, I don't ever remember teaching you that much about how uh, love is the center of our gospel and in the center of the heart of Jesus. So maybe it was someone here in the class upstairs. Um, but it's that simple. Um, I love you. We love you. Um, in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2, it says, So we cared for you because we loved you so much. We were delighted to share with you not only the gospel, but our lives as well. And this is what we've done to the best of our ability. We're very imperfect, uh, but know that we have given all that we have, our very best to love and serve this community. And we hold you in our hearts and we always will. And that's the first thing, is our love to you And the second is as much as we care, we're thankful. Becca touched on this very eloquently. It says, or Paul writes, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you. If any of you knew me as a student in the 90s, uh, we're doing a worship song today and someone on the worship team said, wow, that's really 90s. I was like, well, there's a reason for that. (laughs) It was written in the 90s. and then we joked about how old that worship leader looks like now. And then lightning struck one of us dead. So we're a smaller band today. <laughs> but and if you knew me as a student, uh, you know that I was just terrible at talking to people about faith. Awful. Passionate, but awful. People would say, don't. That Brad, he's a good guy. Don't talk to him about faith. Whatever you do. And I think I saw things very black and white. I was very passionate and I was a turn off to people when it came to faith and spirituality. Also, I hail from Chicago, but Chicago is actually my second stop on the way to Philadelphia. I started in small town, Illinois, in a town called Mount Vernon, the Mount Vernon Rams. Anyone? Woo! Come on. <laughs> anyway, I, I respect it. You got my back. Nobody's from Mount Vernon here, I know, because it's a small town, and I grew up there, and I don't know you from Mount Vernon. (laughs) Uh, But how someone who was a spiritual turnoff from a small town like Mount Vernon could end up the senior pastor of a church in Philadelphia that I think, hopefully with humility, is particularly gifted at helping people save their faith or find it for the first time and is as multicultural and diverse as this one is, how that happened is beyond me. I'm so thankful. I'm thankful for what this community has become, like Becca said. And I'm thankful to and for every person in this room and every person that has been a part of our community over the years who couldn't be there or here with us today you have helped us become what we are today which isn't perfect but which is good and encouraging and i think so needed as we move forward into the 21st century and also just the beginning and so as i'm thankful and i truly am thank you everyone um, the last thing i am is profoundly confident i'm confident i can say we're confident Paul says, of this I'm confident that he who started a good work in you will bring it to completion by the day of Christ Jesus. This is why, in the end, nothing that big really rides on this sermon. Because in the end, it's really not up to me. And it's not up to Becca. This is Jesus' show. It's his game. It's his building. It's you belonging to him and the city being loved by him. Declan's my spiritual guru today. Uh, he got me thinking this week. We were packing up to go somewhere, and he says, Dad, um, are you still gonna be the leader of the church? And I've been thinking about that ever since. And the, I think the best answer is, you know, son, I've never been the leader of the church. The Church belongs to Jesus. And he gave us a job to do And we did it to the best of our ability. And we feel good letting go of that now. Because we're confident. We're confident that he who started this work is faithful to bring it to completion. You know, and I do think from personal experience that the next senior leader that we're bringing in, I know it hasn't been officially voted on yet, but I'm sure if this is gonna work out, She's the right person for this role. But in the end, the whole thing is still the work of Jesus, and he is faithful. So um, I heard through a little birdie that you guys are going to pray for us. But before I do, I wonder if we could take a moment to pray. I'll pray. You you don't have to say anything. You can come up with me, though. I didn't tell her. (laughs) The worst thing to do when you're married is spring something on your spouse in front of a room full of people, but I think you're friendly people. Um, So I just, we want to pray for you. And of course, you can pray if you want to, but (laughs) (laughs) she's like, thanks. Thanks for the the, the permission there. Anyway, God, thank you for the group of people that's collected and the group of people over the last 15 years. Um, You are good. You've been faithful. Would you take what has been planted here and not just grow it deeper, but grow it out? And I pray that this community would continue to be a place that's safe for the birds of the air to land and find shelter and safe space to work through faith. It would continue to be a place that loves justice, and we trust you with this, and we're confident. Um, And we do pray that just for every person in this room and connect to this community, you would bless them in their lives, whatever you're doing, whatever struggles are there, whatever opportunities, wherever they need faith uh, to step forward, wherever they need healing to restore. And as a community would we be a place of vulnerability and openness and connection. That's full of the power of the Holy Spirit to lean into and follow you into the kingdom of God. And so There's so many things that's on your heart for this community that we don't even know to pray. But Jesus, we know in Romans 8, it says you're at the right hand of the Father right now interceding for us as individuals, but also as a community. And so to that, we join our amen. Amen. Amen.
3: Um, I have to I'll just pray quickly. Um, Holy Spirit, I pray that you open hearts for what's to come. That even now you'll be giving a new vision for um, what the future's lo- going to look like. That there would be excitement here and a <coughs> renewed sense of purpose. I pray um, above all that as imperfectly sometimes as we do it, that you would make this place continually into a church that reflects the heart of Jesus. For those that don't always feel it, (coughs) for those that need to feel welcomed, for those that need a hand, I pray this place would be safe and a safe haven. In. So, as Jamie comes up, I have a question. Very important one. Does anyone have any extra wipes? Because I've got to change a diaper and I forgot mine. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh,
0: look at this. All right. Wow. Thank you.
2: When a baby's got to go, you've got to go, right? Alright. Well, why don't we t- take that moment. Uh, can I invite the worship team to come up and uh, get in p- place ready for an extended time of worship? So the worship team. Um, and I'd also, like Brad said, we're going to take a moment to pray for Brad, Becca, Declan, and Gabby. Um, and we put together a superstar ministry team, old members and new members. Uh, and they prayed before the service for you and Br- uh, for Becca and Brad. And I would like to invite Emily, Bethany, Christine, and Renee. And they prayed before the service. And uh, they've come up with a few words that they felt that God was giving to them. So, Emily, would you like to go first?
4: I'll actually go last because I'm going to pray at the end. (laughs) But. (laughs) We can start Sure.
5: Um, As we were praying this morning, I'll let you. Share um, your words, but rest and later um, change. Very simple words that are at the core of our existence as humans, and um, yet still are so difficult to live out. Um, so, over Brad and Becca, I I pray the blessing of change Um, for whatever reason, that we as humans are inherently creatures of constant change as much of an oxymoron as that is. Um, We're also created in the image of a God who is somehow the embodiment of constant change that never changes. And we can be really bad at healthy change. So (laughs) I just pray the blessing of the spirit to be with you guys, to be with your community. Um, (sighs) The change is beautiful and the change is hard and change is messy. but that you have already embraced the messy change that is and the beauty that can be and will be. And so I just pray into that that the spirit that brought you through so many other changes and created something so much more beautiful than you were seeking for initially, or thought to be before the change happened, that that excitement and that that beauty and that that confidence in the past, the change that never changes, will lead you through into this new change because you've changed before, and you will change again. And the spirit and the souls of your community will change without changing with you.
6: Thanks. Um, yeah, just praying uh, the word rest came to mind, and that can mean a lot of things. As we're going through this transition period, um, really praying that Brad and Becca and, and family can take some time to kind of just rest after all of this. And they've just dedicated so much time and energy into helping build this community. We're very just thankful for that. So we are praying for rest and just in terms of, well, thinking about the Bible, um, God like rested on the seventh day. So he's kind of modeled that. So. Um, feel like there's more to unlock there, but God definitely can guide that process and maybe you're you're feeling like you have a really stressful morning or just season you're in, but um really do lean into like the Holy Spirit and community to help guide you through that. Um it never feels like a good time to rest, so <laughs> Um, so Brad and Becca,
4: I actually prayed for you guys yesterday afternoon and, like, wrote it down so I didn't forget. Um, and three things came to mind. The first was an image of, like, a wedding ceremony and two hands, like, being tied together. And I think that's, like, a Celtic tradition where they, like, bind the hands together as, like, a symbol of, like, the unity. And my sense, um, Was just a blessing over your partnership together um, as a couple and the work that you've done together here at mosaic and a blessing of that journey together as you're moving forward Um, and also just a symbol of like god's commitment to you that he is bound to both of you um, forever and he's walked with you in the past and he's going to keep walking with you closely and tightly moving forward um, into this next journey of um, whatever it is he has that is just a journey of intimate love and also mission and work together and um, that you are his beloved. Um, and then Becca, for you specifically, um, I just had the verse from the first chapter of Joshua. Um, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Um, and just the sense that you are a woman of strength, um, and that there's like this new territory that's opening up before you, um, and there's this invitation to step into it boldly, and that maybe it will be kind of unexpected, Now, what you're expecting, like the leadership role, or I don't know, whatever that is. Um, that's what came to mind. And then, Brad, for you, it was songs of joy was a phrase that I heard, and just an image of you like singing and worshiping God um, with so much joy, um, as you delight in what God has done and what he's going to do, and that this new season will be just this season of new deep Joy um, deeper than you've experienced before. So just kind of bubbling up and overflowing.
7: So, um, whoops, I'll lose my page. I'll forget. <laughs> um, it's interesting because I was also praying yesterday and had some of the same images that um, Emily had. And um, also, the verse that came to me was Philippians 1 3 through 10. So <laughs> I walked in this morning I was like, whoa. So as I was praying, I, I just thought about Moses' wilderness experience and the pillar in the cloud, and I was really praying into that because I was like, well, I don't know that they're going to have a pillar of cloud or fire following them around, but anyway. And the Lord just said to me, this is not a lesser thing. It is the next thing, um, and that God has led you into this in the same way that he led you here. And throughout this transition um, – I believe we as a congregation need to pray for grace for you, that you will continue to hear God's voice throughout the entire time, whether it's short, which I hope it is, or whether it's a prolonged period, that you know, you're coming through the fire and you're being refined. Um, and from Philippians, what really struck me is, again, we thank God as we remember you. And as a congregation, that we would be faithful to pray for them and to remember them with fondness and uh, to be joyful for all that has happened here because Brad and Becca have been here and that we are confident that Jesus started a good work in you and he will bring it to completion and that the faithfulness of God and also that sense of worship that when we worship, we're at the feet of God and we know who he is and we know how powerful he is And that sort of blurs out a lot of the obstacles. So I pray that worship and that sense of God's faithfulness will be rich in your
4: lives. Okay, so to end the time, we would like to just lay hands on you guys and pray um, a short blessing. Um, So if you guys want to, or yeah, we can go down there too. And if anybody else who wants to, just come and gather around Brad and Becca. I'll just say the short prayer. But if we all want to gather, whoever wants to come up and lay hands on them. Jesus, thank you so much for Brad and Becca and for Gabby and Declan, for their family, for their lives, for the way that you, Holy Spirit, dwell within them and have poured out um, to us into this community and to this neighborhood and this city. Um, I bless them with a deep sense of your presence now, Jesus, with a deep sense of your love and your delight in them, how proud you are of them and the work that they've done. Um, And how excited you are about the next steps in their life. I pray that you would fill them with joy and peace. That you just bless their family with um, great time together in this next season to be with one another. Um, Would you give them vision for what's next, what you have for them? Would you give them courage and strength to step into the new things? And would you help them always to know how loved they are by us here at Mosaic? and by you, by their family, and their larger community, God, in the world. Um, so we bless them, Jesus, with love in your name. Amen. Amen.
2: Thank you so much, Emily and the prayer team. We're now going to go move into a time of worship. It's going to be a little bit b- more extended because I think we should go out on a high and celebrate and praise. And so, Brad, I'll hand it over to you.
0: So, um, (laughs) the one thing I said I wanted to do in the last service was uh, worship as long as I wanted to. (laughs) So, everyone's on board with that. (laughs) But, um, I don't know if they uh, know exactly what they agreed to, <laughs> but I joked, uh, what are you gonna do? Fire me? So <laughs> that's a joke. No, everyone's on board. There's nothing devious happening here, but it's fun to joke about. Let's start by standing. Um, we are going to move into a time of worship and song. Our hope is for the presence of Jesus to actually and literally fill this place. So. Whatever helps you to do that, kneeling, praying, clapping, I'd encourage you to lean into those things and lean a little bit farther than you feel comfortable, uh, just as an invitation to the Holy Spirit uh, that you're welcome uh, and you want that presence. Um, Also, we're receiving our offering. Um, There's no pressure to give if you're new, um, but this is a great way to help support what God's doing here. What a better time than today to... Again, lean into what God's doing in this community. So you can give online by texting to the number you'll see behind me and in your bulletin. You can get a link right on your phone or the traditional ways as the plates come by, you can drop your gift in there. Let's worship. Holy Spirit, all we want is you right now. All we want is your presence. Come and be here. Let us know you're alive. Help us to worship you. To lift you up, to express our prayers, our hopes, our fears, and give them over to you. We pray you be real. We want you and we want your presence. Give thanks to the Lord, our God and King
1: his love endures forever for he is good he is above all things his love endures moment when the lights went out,
0: when death had claimed its victory, the King of Love had given up His life, the darkest day in history.
1: There on a cross they made for sinners. Every curse is not atoned.
0: One final
1: breath, and it was
8: finished.
1: But not the end we could have known. Before the earth began to shake, and the veil was. What sacrifice was made as the heavens roared? Feel the mountains tremble. Did you hear the oceans roar when the people rose to sing of Jesus Christ? upon
9: injustice <laughs> did you feel the darkness tremble?
1: I was buried beneath my shame, who could carry that kind? i
2: So, just before we play the last song,
10: uh, Chuck, Becker's dad, wants to share a word. Uh, good morning, everybody. Um, good morning. Good morning. How are you? I mean, you can sit down so those in the back can see me. <laughs> 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 I remember once I got up to a Message once and somebody in the back row said, Chuck, stand up, I can't see you. But anyway, um, uh, I just want to share a couple of things. Um, Don and I have been here from the beginning with the, when Becca was dismarried and came out and, um, and have uh, kind of like a far experience the things that they've done and, and Brad. And I, I want to share two things real quick is that while we're worshiping and oftentimes God gives me an image or something and I want to share something with you and it leads into what I want to share about Brad is um, I saw a heart and God gives me if any of you guys are old enough to remember, like, the raisin commercials, like the California raisin things. So, so God gave me this vision of a heart, and, and I saw it begin to open up, and what I saw out of it coming out was, was flowers and, and a bouquet of flowers, and I'm like, okay, God, what does that mean? And what he did is he took me back then to show me that it took the seed to be planted. It took... I get choked up really easy. I mean, I'm the one that cries at all the chick flicks. But anyways, um, so the thing is, so God said it takes, you know, the seed needs to be planted. It needs to be watered. And when the plant comes out of the ground, it needs to be nurtured and trimmed. And you're on your knees sometimes in the dirt and the mud. And if you're doing roses, you're getting pricked by the thorns, you know, and stuff like that. And so, you know, with the vision and the, and, and the nurturing of this church is that it's been planted and watered and nurtured. And I think in, in what Becca shared, that as the church goes forth, it's, just, it's blossoming. And what I want to do is I want to thank Brad for his courage and his, and his stewardship and his, and his dedication to the vision that God planted in his and Becca's heart and the implementation that Brad did for this. But I also want to praise him and thank him for the care that he's shown you people and stuff like that all these years. And, you know, I own a business, and I know the sacrifice that goes into it. It's not all easy, you know, and stuff like that. And there is a lot of unseen and unsaid sacrifices that you make. But that's okay because it's what God places in your heart. And so I want to bless Brad as, as the found, and, and Beck as the founding pastor of, of, of Mosaic. And I want to bless him also too, as I have four daughters, and they're all and God and they're really awesome. I have no sons. But Brad is my son. And he's my oldest son. And so I just want to bless him from Father's heart. Father, just bless him, Lord. Just bless his heart, bless his spirit, bless his mind. And I also want to bless him as, as God blesses you for the work that you've done here and the seeds that you've planted, and it's not done, and he's got you called to do other and greater things. Amen. Amen.
0: I'm not pushing it. I don't need to do another one. Oh, okay. Oh, I got a lot of songs.
5: <laughs> this is a good one.
0: <clears throat> All right, well, stand up again. Okay. Okay.
1: Amazing grace, this is unfailing love, that you would take my place, that you would bear my cross, you would lay down your life, that I would be set free, oh Jesus I sing for all that you've done for me. into order who makes the orphan a son or daughter the king of glory the king of glory who rules the nations with truth and justice shines like the sun in all of its brilliance the king of glory the king above all kings Is unfailing love. Yeah. Then you would take my place. Then you would bear my cross. You would lay down your life that I would be set free. Whoa, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Oh, worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy is the King who conquered the grave. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain. Worthy, worthy, This is unfailing love That you would take my place That you would bear my cross You would lay down your life That I would be set free Whoa, Jesus, I sing for all that you've done for me
2: So here we are, the end of the service, the benediction. When I realized I needed to end the service, I wanted to find something that would be uplifting as to us as a congregation, but also to Brad and Becca. Um, I was a bit overwhelmed by this task, so I went for a walk. And I had a little chat with God, and something kept coming back into my head. The movie Dead Poets Society. <laughs> right? <laughs> um, uh, you that, that it, right? Well, hang on a minute. No assassinations about Abraham Lincoln. But anyway, um, don't worry. I am not expecting you to stand on your chair and as Brad and Becker walk out of the church say, Captain, oh, Captain. <laughs> <laughs> no, it was two things. There was two things from that movie that really stuck in my brain was Carp diem, seize the day. These, th- this is such a shining example of brad and becca they seize every moment that they that's been given to them and they go in full blasting and just with such passion becca's first impression of brad i asked him a couple of questions last night at the party and becca's first impression of brad when they first met was brad's passion and that's exactly it be passionate about what you do seize the day also um the other scene that came up was in Dead De- De- Poet Society was that Robin Williams' character is a teacher and he's trying to break these boys who have been brought up in such conforming circumstances. And he says this Now, we all have great acceptance, sorry, a great need for acceptance, but you must trust your beliefs are unique, your own. And even though m- others may think them odd or unpopular, even though the herd may go, that's bad. Robert Frost said, two roads diverge in a wood, and I, I took the one less traveled by, and that has made all the difference. Now I want you to find your own walk right now, your own way of striding, pacing, any direction, anything you want, whether it's proud, whether it's silly, anything. Gentlemen, the courtyard is yours. And so Romans 12 verses 1 and 2, a living sacrifice. Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, In view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And then you will be able to test and approve what is God's will, is his. His good, pleasing, and perfect will. And I can safely say this, Mosaic, and its members are all of the above. We are a different and unique church. We are not conforming. We are extremely unique. And we're living out the, br- the vision that Brad and Becker was given to by God. Mosaic Community Church, I say this to you. Find your own walk, and the courtyard is yours. Amen. Amen. So, I would like, now we're finished, we're going to move into time of food. So, We need that, right? (laughs) Um, So, um, Eric, would you like to come and say some few words? All
11: right. So I know I'm standing between everyone and lunch, um, but I just think, and some of you heard this last night, but it bears repeating, that when you go into a transition like we're going into right now, there's no guarantee um, that it's going to go well, and it takes an enormous amount of energy and intentionality and listening to what god is calling us to to make it go well and i just want to take a moment right now before we have lunch and just thank every single person who participated in making sure that the last six months have gone well and i want to i want to mention them by name because they put their heart and souls into this um So first, the transition team. Uh, Carol Holtzman from half a world away helped put all of this together. So, Carol, if you're listening to this, thank you. Maria Camilleri, who was having her husband, Mike, literally dictate emails from hospital so she could participate in this this summer. Thank you. Charlene Jones and Brianna Whelan, uh, ex-officio from Council, Jamie Grimble, who provided the fun and entertainment this weekend, and Lindsay McCormick, who literally organized us so thoroughly that she predicted almost to the minute when we would be done today, so we would know when lunch should arrive. <laughs> Lindsay, <laughs> thank you. I also wanna thank the search team. Uh, the search team was a separate team that was responsible for finding our new senior pastor. Uh, These people put in literally countless hours of work. Jeff Ng, Mauricio Novello, Nikki Grant, Emily Evelsizer, LaShondra McCook, Jim Schroeder. Jim, thank you. You really, really brought us here. Judy Rooley and Brad. Um, All these people were constantly working and listening to God's voice in this process, and I want to thank them, too. I also feel like at this moment, it would be appropriate to thank the spouses and significant others of these people. (laughs) You you shared the burden. Uh, And finally, and something I don't think we do enough, um, I'd like to thank the incredible staff that we have here at Mosaic. These are the people who are ultimately responsible for making sure that the things that we do every week go out, go off without a hitch. These are the people that you don't even recognize until something does go off with a hitch. Um, and I just want to say thank you, thank you, thank you to Gabriel Simleramy, Melissa Min, Jessica Richardson, Jamie, and Brad because I know sometimes the work that you do goes unnoticed, but it's noticed today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And, and now we
2: can eat. No, now we cannot eat. <laughs> <laughs> we cannot eat, because the food's not, ju- well, the food's just arriving, I think. So, um, actually, I would like to say a big thank you to someone as well. Uh, he's gonna kill me, but Eric, actually. Uh, Eric has kind of spearheaded the whole thing uh, and has kind of kept us in the path. He's, uh, I mean, I could go on and on. I'll be here all day and the food would be very cold in terms of what Eric does for the church. Um, And so I think we should give him a huge, huge round of applause.